back to the Being Forces Friendly Podcast, a monthly podcast where we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Well, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Defence Relationship Management Being Forces Friendly Podcast, uh, a series and this is um, the 16th episode uh, we've covered some fantastic subjects and we're absolutely privileged and honoured to be today at the Poppy Factory um, here in Richmond. And um, we are looking today to really highlight the importance um, that employment support plays in delivering positive outcomes for veterans. And in addition, we're going to try and draw a bit of attention to remembrance, obviously, um, but also the fantastic work that the Poppy Factory um, does in support of the Poppy Appeal, but just in general, across a whole raft of areas, which we will um, hear about uh, in a moment. So um, we are here actually um, at, at the Poppy Factory, so slightly different to our normal podcasts, um, where there are some visuals which support it. So there's some, some photographs, so you can put faces to, um, to, the, to the words and names of, um, um, of those that are here. Um, I'm Neil Jackson, universally known as Jacko. I'm privileged to be the Director of Defence Relationship um, Management. And um, we're joined um, here today with um, Deirdre Mills, the Chief Executive of the Poppy Factory. Gina Spacey, who is one of uh, the Poppy Factory's team of regional uh, employment consultants. And Jack Finn-Kelsey, a former paratrooper, parachute regiment, who is about to um, train to begin a new career crewing super yachts um, following employment support and consultation with the Poppy Factory and, um, and Gina. So welcome to, um, to everyone. Um, and um, the Poppy Factory has a long and distinguished history supporting uh, veterans. And um, today, however, though, uh, what we're really going to sort of um, tease out a little bit is the support that they give to the uh, Royal British League of Poppy Appeal, uh, but also the vital employment training and support to the UK's uh, veteran population. So, as always on the podcast, you've heard enough from me. I think it'd be great for um, for you to introduce yourself. So, Deirdre, to to you, please just um, let the listeners know a little bit about uh, yourself and um, and the Poppy Factory. Hello, Jacko. It's really nice uh, that you've come with your team today. Um, so, I'm Deirdre Mills. I'm the Chief Executive of the Poppy Factory. Uh, I am also a veteran, so I've been 16 years. Uh, as an army officer, I then leapt uh, into the unknown, but actually into Africa and spent some time working there. Uh, I came back to the UK. Worked what were you doing in Africa? Did you go to Gosh, ask? You do. Okay, so <laughs> I've built a, um, an international medical research centre wow. which helped the information exchange around the subject of HIV. Wow. So you could push out information to those people who were in the countryside and you could pull out research and, and data from those people who were in the countryside back into the urban centre and we could sift through it, analyse it and try to make a difference to people's lives. Oh, fascinating. Uh, so it's fantastic and a, a really good opportunity. But then I moved on and uh, came to the Commonwealth War Graves Commission, uh, looked after war graves, well, anywhere cold, I think. So yeah. it was in Scandinavia and Iceland in the UK. Uh, and now I find myself, well, very, very privileged to be here at the Poppy Factory and to uh, be part of all of this brilliant work that is done here. Fantastic. No, well, um, I mean, that's that's amazing. I'm sure we'll come back to that. 
picking up on the the hot of Africa and the cold of the Commonwealth <laughs> War goes. Not sure where, not sure how we got there, but maybe we'll touch on that um, in a, in a moment. And um, and and Jack, um, over to you. Yeah, my name's Jack from Kelsey. Um, I joined the army as a boy soldier at seventeen. Went through the Army Foundation College. Uh, I then went on to the Parachute Regiment. Served in two power, um, Northern Ireland, two tours of Iraq. I left around two thousand and seven. Went into the usual route, private security, um, close protection. I then went to work uh, in anti-piracy, looking after vessels in the high-risk area on the Indian Ocean. Um, I also worked in Africa, in Malawi, working in uh, anti-poaching, help training rangers. Um, and have since, well, prior to COVID, was working for an animal rescue charity based out of America, um, helping close down dog meat farms in South Korea. Wow, I, yeah, I, I had to pause there because uh, <laughs> you managed to pack in. I mean, people talk about elevator pitches, you know, uh, sort of, uh, but you, we seem to go from floor one to, to floor sort of 40 and you packed in, I don't know, 80 floors worth there. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure we'll pick up on a, on a whole load of those. Um, uh, Just really quickly though, sure. for Major, so right at the start, you said that you left and went into um, almost... Almost as if it was expected for those coming out of the military to go into the sort of security industry. At that time, was that was that something that you saw as one of the uh, one of few options that was available to you? Yeah, it's it, it does seem to be the the usual route. Um, that there, there was good opportunities being an ex power to, to get into that line of work. A lot of um, my former colleagues work in that sector. Um, it's, it's good money, but it's it's quite high stress and it's. Yeah, it's much of the same, really. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll circle round back to that as to, you know, from from all of that to um, super yacht crewing. I tell you what, we're, 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 but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, you've you, you've um, you've lived a full one, that's for sure already. Um, and um, and Gina, over to you. Yeah. Good afternoon. My name's Gina Spacey. I'm an employment consultant for the Poppy Factory. I'm one of sixteen employment consultants. I'm based down in Dover, in Kent. Uh, previously, I joined the Army when I was 19, Women's Royal Army Corps, um, as a staff clerk and spent ten and a half years before we transferred over to the Adjutant General's Corps. So I've worked mo most major headquarters within Germany, Falklands and London latterly. Um, finishing the Army, I spent six years in the Far East in Brunei working for the British Council. Uh, promoting UK education and then towards the end of my tour work for the British High Commissioner uh, in Brunei as his house manager. Um, since returning um, from Brunei I, I joined Surrey Police so I was a police officer for 10 years and for the last five years um, and, and latterly the Poppy Factory have been working at um, getting veterans back into employment, transitioning veterans. Great, fantastic. Well uh, thank you, thank you all three of you for those introductions, I'm think, starting to think that I was in a different army. I didn't have quite as much uh, travel as, uh, as everyone, everyone got. I like the way Gina just slipped the Falklands in there in between sort of, you know, Germany and Aldershot. Or, but uh, um, fantastic. Hey, well, listen, um, welcome. And, um, and, and as I say, it's a real pleasure to be here at the Poppy Factory. Um, and I think um, it's important, I think, for, for the listeners uh, to have a bit of an understanding of the history of the organisation of the Poppy Factory. Um, and um, so maybe Deirdre, I could I, I could ask you just to give us a little bit of a uh, an outline of of how the Poppy Factory supports veterans and, and a little, well a little bit of its 
little bit of its history. I mean, we are here, by the way, everybody, at the Poppy Factory in Richmond, as I said at the start, and they've got a fantastic new visitor centre. So if you haven't been, uh, get on the train to Richmond. It's a 10-minute walk from Richmond Station, and it is absolutely um, phenomenal. So we're surrounded by, um, by the history, but maybe, Deirdre, you could bring that to life a little bit for listeners. Sure. So I'm going to start in 1922, <laughs> and that was when our founder saw all of these disabled veterans from the First World War, and they had nothing. They were on the street. They weren't employed. They couldn't support their families, uh, and it was a very difficult time. And so he resolved to try and find employment for these individuals. Now, he could have picked any type of employment, but actually, and I'm very grateful that he did, he picked the poppy and the production of poppies, and for which there was a huge demand, not just for from the First World War, but then latterly from the Second World War. And in its, um, I suppose, prime enrichment, we had over 350 disabled workers. And I think we had a tally count, if my memory served me correctly, of about 281 missing limbs alongside those <laughs> 350 uh, war veterans. So it comes from a place of wanting to enrich people's lives by giving them employment. And to that end, and if, if visitors come to Richmond, they'll see that there are houses that were built on the estate so they could house employees and create a social structure and really rebuild all the elements that contribute uh, to, to well-being in today's society. And so what we've done as the orders for poppies have either dwindled or been replaced by uh, machine production, although we still do have our production workers, but we're much smaller number here in Richmond. We've taken that same theme and we've expanded it out so that across the whole of England and Wales, our consultants, just like Gina, will reach out to, to all sorts of veterans with all sorts of health conditions to say, look, how can we help? How can we support you with all sorts of things, but predominantly with a view to getting you into employment, which then in turn, in turn allows for you know, independence, feelings of self-worth, and again, another contribution back to society. So it's a wonderful uh, circular thing. It's amazing how one person's uh, vision has spawned something which is now so globally and internationally recognised. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's amazing how often things start like that. But um, but you but the organisation seems to have have really um, grown. I think um, because one of the things that um, um, perhaps uh, Gina, I'll, I'll come to you um, about is. Um, obviously, there is now the Office for Veterans Affairs, which has been um, was stood up by the government um, two years ago. There is the Veterans Advisory Board. There is also um, uh, an independent advisor um, to ministers on uh, on veterans issues. Uh, but I think most importantly, which, that which has come from that is the veteran strategy. And within the veteran strategy, it was made quite clear that there are, I think, two areas. There's an ecosystem of support networks and organisations and, uh, and matrices for veterans. I think um, from many discussions I've had, and I'm sure um, you have, it's quite a complicated space, so it's quite congested. Um, sometimes getting to the right piece of support that you need um, is, is quite difficult. But, but an underlying theme for all of that seems to be that one of the best ways to support a veteran is through employment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you know that's something that the strategy has made really clear. 
There is now a, strat um, a strategy action plan, which is um, coming, uh, really driving forward um, that agenda, um, both in the Ministry of Defence, but the Cabinet Office, the Office of Veterans Affairs, um, and right across um, the third sector and all of those organisations who wish to support, um, to support veterans. Because, of course, it's not just about those leaving. It's about those that have left. Yeah. Um, as we heard from Jack there, you left a number of years ago. Yes. But, uh, but actually, you know, have come back into the fold, if you like, of that support um, um, uh, uh, matrix. So, Gina, um, you know, how could you maybe bring to life a little bit how the poppy factor has evolved to meet the employability um, needs of today's veteran? Yeah, I think it's recognised that when veterans leave, when they leave the military, a lot of them go back to their home addresses and their home placements. Um, so they didn't just need an employment service within London, within the poppy factory area, it, it was needed nationally. And since 2010, uh, the employability service uh, has taken place. And now we reach out to everyone. Okay, so, so until then it wasn't, it wasn't a national footprint, no. it was more of a London footprint. Yeah, oh, wow. okay. it was a London no, footprint. No. Yeah. So um, the programme we offer to veterans, so the criteria is wounded, injured and sick. Uh, and that can be uh, self-referred sickness through anxiety, um, depression, that sort of thing, back injury. Um, and we offer a full wraparound programme, so um, a 12-month programme that can be from uh, looking at interviews, looking at um, searching for jobs, confidence building, it's a whole package. Training packages, we look for applying for grants for veterans. So it's supporting that veteran through the process. We might have a veteran who hasn't been interviewed in, in 10, 12 years. So that's quite a daunting process. So we, we offer a whole package. And once they're into work, we also offer an in-work support package as well. So continuing to um, look at employment. At, what we're looking at is uh, longevity and sustainability in employment, not just ticking a box to put that veteran into employment. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've heard quite a bit, and I'm sure I'm going to turn to Jack in a moment, but um, I, I think it's not just about getting a job. It's getting the right job. Yeah or getting a job which is a good fit for you. Yeah. And I think um, it's a story quite often told uh, about how uh, people spend a long time in the military, but it doesn't matter if they spend a long time or a short time. Um, like most people who enter the employment market, they jump around quite yeah. a few jobs when they start looking. And that's the same for those. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, everyone here joined, joined the military yeah. quite early. I mean, I think you're the youngest, Jack. I think you get the uh, the prize for that one. Uh, in terms of you know joining first, going through the Army Foundation uh, College in, ha in, in Harrogate. Um, so I, I think, um, so that's amazing. I think, the, so it sounds like a real holistic set of yeah. programs that you do, but that are focused on very much getting that fit. Is that, would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, all the veterans are different. All of them need different types of support, some more than others. Um, and it's about looking at some veterans come to us and said, but I was just this, I was just that, I was just artillery. But when you look at their skills, their transferable skills, they've got fantastic skills. They've got discipline, they've got management, they've got a can-do attitude. They turn up for work on time, which employers love that. Yeah. So they've got a lot of different skills to offer. And is everyone um, eligible? I mean, is every veteran eligible for for your services? Or No, the criteria is wounded, injured or sick. Okay. Um, that's the category. But as I say, that can be self-diagnosed. So it can be oh, okay. anxiety. Yeah. Uh, a bad, I've got a bad back. 
um, that's okay. criteria. So if a doubt asked, it's probably the... Absolutely, the and again, it stems from the criteria right back in 1922 when it was about... We talked about disability then, but actually today we very much talk about health conditions. Yeah. You know, those can be physical health conditions, can be mental health conditions, combination of the two. Yeah. But it, it then can relate it back to our founding piece and it, it gives us some criteria and no, shape makes, to That, to that makes perfect with. sense. That makes perfect sense. I think, um, I, I mean, Jack, if I may, to, um, sure. to, to you. Um, so you've been working along with Gina, I think, uh, on um, on, and you're about to embark on some training. As I say, I, for the third time, I keep saying it because I'm just only because I'm jealous um, <laughs> that you're going off to, to join a super yacht crew, which is you know which is fantastic. Could you maybe just tell us how you got involved with Absolutely. the poppy, poppy factory? That'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, so I, I left the army some some years ago now, um, and like I'd say, probably most veterans that I know um, that I served with, I, I struggled quite a lot over the years um, with depression, anxiety, and like nearly all veterans, I did nothing about it and didn't speak to anyone, didn't wasn't aware there was any help. And yeah, as the years went on, it got a bit worse, you know, a lot worse. And then sort of a few years ago, I realized that I actually needed some help um, and was lucky enough to um, go through combat stress, who helped me quite a lot. Um, and then prior to COVID, I, I was sort of working through and alongside this, um, but since COVID works dried up, and without not having any work on, I just found myself getting quite down. And as COVID came to an end, I thought, right, this is, you know, I need some help for employment, really. I'm not really sure what I want to do, but I, I know that when I'm working, I'm much happier and have less time to, to be anxious and stressed about things. Yeah. So I initially um, got in touch with uh, Help for Heroes, who I've spoken to before and said, you know, do any ideas for some employment advice and they said I'll oh, try to try the poppy factory who I, I hadn't actually heard of at the time um, and I uh, got in touch through their websites and was very quickly referred to Gina and we sat down and had a meeting in which I, I wasn't really that sure what I what I wanted to do uh, I had previously worked on tankers on boats and quite like um, working at sea and have experience working with high-end um, clients from, in the security world so we we had a bit of a discussion said you know what about working on boats yachts i've got some friends who, who work at security on super yachts and sort of floated that as an idea and wasn't really sure what help if any I, i'd be able to get i just kind of wanted someone to bounce ideas off um and very very quickly i was amazed how quickly uh, gina got back to me and said well how about this course um, on the Isle of Wight for a few weeks, learning how to be a deckhand and looks at it, which looks fantastic, really. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, really. It would really. be a subtle difference, wouldn't it, from sort of anti-piracy to, uh, yeah. To, to, yeah. To, to, to super yacht. Uh, I like the way you slipped in as well there, the sort of the high-end bit. So you're, you're used to living some of the good life, perhaps sometimes on these boats, but that would be a different kettle of fish. I, mean, I think so, yeah, yeah. It, it certainly will. Um, but yeah, it's it's I, I I kind of approached the poppy factory with ideas, thinking oh it's just going to be like a job centre, you know, sort of uh, do you want a job stacking shelves or something? But actually, I've been amazed and just surprised that it was more looking at my skill set and what I'd be good at, and and fitting me up with a course to 
to explore that. And I think that's so important. Yeah, sorry, Deirdre, yeah. So I think that brings out two really critical factors. Mm. And one is that what we try to offer is a very bespoke, very individually one-to-one tailored piece. So we look at the individual, not just, you know, um, an object. We talk about what makes people tick, what's the motivation, how do... How, what would make you happy. But I think the other thing that's come out of Jack's story is is the fact that actually you were cross-referred from another charity. Mm. And this piece about, uh, I noticed, Jack, you said at the beginning, some people can think it's quite congested, but when all those charities come together and they work really well, they cross-refer mm. or, in fact, the Poppy Factory is able to reach into a number of other charities to get funding for training, then I think actually you can you can create even greater effect if you bring everyone together. So we try and act as a bit of a pivot or, or something in the middle which can try and draw on all of these I, I, I couldn't agree too. more, Digi, because I think um, I think it's, to me, it's a lot about song. I mean, first off, Jack, I mean, thank you for sharing because, sure. you know, uh, I think um, it's good to talk about yeah. these things. I think that's one of the, um, I, I, I think it's quite cathartic. Um, we've seen quite a bit of a drive um, for that with um, various uh, um, campaigns looking at um, physical and mental um, health and how to how to so, so thanks for sharing we really appreciate that very much but exactly Deirdre, I think it's that signposting between and it's great to hear that you know two great organizations like health for heroes and the poppy factory have that 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 linkage between them that enables to help break down those barriers but I, I was particularly taken as well um, Jack by your um, your line about um, about how um, and yours, in fact, Deirdre, about how working with Gina enabled you to to sort of talk about what it was that you would like to do yeah. as much as what it was that you could do. And I think that seems, as I said, you know, I, I touched on before, I think that's really important. I mean, I, and that sounds like it was a great experience between you and Gina. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's very unexpected for me. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any expectations or any particular ideas of, you know, I just thought it be nice to chat to someone about I don't know what I do I don't know what I want to do and it was nice to actually be listened to and, and someone to to find something bespoke to me that that I'd enjoy um, and would be suitable for me no I think that's great and Gina you know I suppose it's um it, it was remiss of me not to ask at the start really but um, what sort of um, have you done training to to help you help uh, veterans like like Jack? Have you, have you yeah, I mean, I've been I've been working in the industry for five years now, so I've had that training uh, transition with veterans. I worked for a company where we did a week's transition course. So, yeah, I've been working with veterans for five years in that in that. Yeah, aspect. fantastic. Uh, because because I, I, I sometimes wonder um, if uh, um, the the availability of people that have been there and done it and therefore have the opportunity to pass on. Um, I think that's, that's really important. Um, and I think, uh, do you find, um, Gina, that uh, your co-workers are, are all in that bracket or do some not come from the military at all? I mean, it's an no, interesting... No, not all of us do, but they've had uh, an experience with the military, either family in the military okay. or they know yeah. someone that's been in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, um, I, uh, fascinating, and I think there's a whole lot of things that we can come back to. You know, I, I'd just like to to pick up on a couple of things. I think what we're starting to do is break a narrative nationally at the moment about mad, bad, and sad. And I, I'm almost kicking myself even saying it now because um, uh, it should be cons- you know 
parked away consigned to history. Mm. And we now talk about um, uh, wounded, injured, and and, and sick. And I, um, I do wonder sometimes if that also is a is that you know is that a good descriptor? I mean, we've had discussions in the past about the word veteran, and that's gone around a million times, and no one can ever really come up with something different. It has different connotations um, for for different um, for different people and different organisations. But I think um, that what we all know is is that um, it doesn't matter. How you are either described or describe yourself, um, the skills that people pick up, I think, in the uh, in, through their military service, um, are all broadly broadly similar. So, um, Didri, if I may ask, how do you um, work with other employers, for example, through the through the Poppy Factory, to help maybe break some of those misconceptions um, out there that uh, that people in coming from the military environment, either all shouted everybody for a start, but also are in some way broken. So I think having a regional network of, of staff who are out there on the ground and able to connect into local employers is a huge strength for the Poppy Factory. And we understand therefore local markets, we're able to tap into individual organisations. And when you're running a service, which is a, a one-to-one or bespoke piece, you don't necessarily need to be breaking into the big, big organisations. It's about understanding, you know, who's there on the ground, what can they offer, how does that match up with the, the, the client's needs, uh, and so on and so forth. Now, when you bring that to bear, I think that's enormously good. I think the other thing is that actually once an individual is in work, they often very much bust those myths, myths oh. by themselves because of the hard work, because of the turning up on time, because everyone's a team player and all of these things. So yeah. uh, it is about local relationships. It's about individuals who actually you, you know, do it for themselves and then employers come back to us and say, yeah. we need more individuals like this. But then I would stress that the Poppy Factory will work with, with clients such as Jack who've come in, who've had discussions and, and they're off to do this super yachting, which I am equally jealous of. But um, we also work with clients who, are, um, who have many different health aspects and for whom it's a much, much longer journey yeah. with, with a number of interventions. And that might be education, it might be volunteering experiences and, and, and so on until they actually get to the point of employment. So sometimes there's a, a really good, clean, easy fit. Oh, it's never easy, is it, Jack? It's just a fit. But, but other times there is this longer, much longer journey. And it isn't at all mad, sad or bad. That's a, a terrible phrase. But on the other hand, I think there does need to be an understanding that you know some people need significant help over a long period of time to get them to where they need to be. And also then support when they're in work to keep them in that employment. But then when you've done that over a period of time, my goodness, you see such results. Yeah. And you also, the individual, you know, is, is so much more fulfilled and, and happy in themselves. And that just spirals. So that hard work that one has to put in at the beginning, sometimes in, in, in small pieces, sometimes in a large, long uh, package, it all comes to bear later on in a really good way. Um, but just it takes different times for different people according to yeah, their... You've summarised that really nicely. And I, I think um, I, it picks up on, Jack, your point that you made about how not being in the employment and then the, uh, particularly over the, the sort of the COVID era mm. um, and then 
do, do you think though, Jack, that you um, do you still look back to your time in the military and working with Jean, looking at where your journey is about to take you? Um, do you think what have you brought those skills with you? Do you still look back and go, yeah, do you know there's things I did in the military which are really helping me to to sort of get in and and, and continue on that journey? Yeah, I, I think there's yeah, I think there's a lot of skills I learn from the military that that have have set me up for some very good jobs, you know, um, like we've touched on before, being on time, working as part of a team, working under pressure. Um, I, yeah, I, I have to, I have to thank the military for, for those for those skills. Um, yeah. oh, that's great. I, I, and I think, um, and Gina, presumably part of your role is, is to, like you've done with Jack, obviously so well, is to is to draw draw those out. Is that always an easy process? an easy process but when you look at things on paper and you say to them this is the skills you've got oh I didn't think about that um, so to transfer them across to civilian employment yeah it's really important a lot of it's about translation isn't it yes. it's about um, yeah. two different two different languages um, uh, when, when new people start in defence relationship management uh, yeah. our team I say okay well welcome the first thing you've got to do is learn the new language you know a whole load of three yeah. and four letter abbreviations <laughs> that's used in the military um, and um, and so it, you know it, it is it can be quite challenging but I think yeah. it is that I think a lot of people place a lot of faith in CV translation I think that's probably one step um, but I think actually nine times out of ten I found that when people manage to get to an interview, for example, they perform really, really strongly because that's when they have the opportunity to communicate what that skill set is uh, yeah, that they might not have put on yeah. paper quite so well. Have you found that to a degree? or? Yeah, uh, for a lot of the clients is getting them to that interview. So the CV is a really important part. And, and for some clients, we're building that from, from scratch. Yeah. Uh, um, for some clients, it's about looking at and looking at those transferable skills and translate it, as you say, into civilian speak to get them to the interview. Uh, we do some interview techniques. Um, and once we're in the interview, a lot of them just fly, like you say, explaining what they can do. I think, um, I, and it's interesting, isn't it? I think as we go forward, um, there is there's quite a bit of statistics out there uh, at the moment, some of which um, comes out of the veteran strategy, which looks at the changing demographic of the UK and the UK uh, the UK veteran sort of population, particularly uh, there's been some work done uh, that looks out to about 2028. Um, and it looks like there is a decline in veteran numbers. Um, uh, but interestingly, there's been an increase uh, in the number of working age um, uh, veterans. So um, I, do you think, Deirdre, I, I mean, I, I see that as um, an area where the poppy factory is going to be ever busier so i mean are there areas that people who are listening might be able to support you in the poppy factory is that as that demand if you like increases i mean is can they help everybody can help i think so um there's all sorts of things that can be done but i think in terms of the numbers so we are quite a niche um provider and we if uh, to give you some context of scale so when we, when we measure progressive outcomes, and that's everything from education, it's everything from volunteering, it's training, these sorts of things. So in the last year, we've delivered over 1,200 progressive outcomes. In terms of new job starts, although this year's figures are down and, and repressed yeah, because of COVID, yes, yeah, um, of course, we may be course. talking about 280 or so 
new job starts and then there's the in-work support piece. So we will always operate at that level of scale and I think we will always be very busy. There are other organisations, and this is where this coordination with the charity sure. sector kicks yeah. in, um, who will be dealing at great scale and have to adjust and adapt their services. But I think as long as the coffee factory continues to work on a one-to-one -one basis and can do it for those clientele who have some form of health condition alongside the need for employment, then we'll continue to, to do our good work. The one thing I would say, though, is that we've been working very closely now with the NHS in England. And we're running a couple of trials whereby our employment consultants like Gina are embedded within those, those structures so oh, that if somebody okay. can you know, report to a GP or talk to a, a consultant, they may then get referred from the National Health Service to our service, recognising that employment is all part of well-being and part of the social prescribing as well. So we are still evolving the service and doing lots of things but numerically I think we are um, well we're always going to have people through the door yeah. uh, and if people are listening and they want to help my goodness they can do so in lots of ways by by uh, being open to employing people who are ex-military who have health conditions to being um, willing to help uh, take those individuals along on whatever journey they need to be taken along with or they can help in the fundraising space my goodness we have lots of of need and um, and I think we do a terrific job and deliver value on, on everybody uh, on all the contributions well I mean it certainly in. certainly seems so and, and Jack you've lived and breathed that 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 that, that support is there um, putting you on the spot a bit I recognize but is, is there is there anything in particular about your part of the journey with the poppy factory that you, you think that listeners might you know, might not be aware of or just would benefit from themselves, do you think? Yeah, I, I think certainly speaking as a veteran, I, I think something that's um, overlooked is is a lot of veterans firstly don't realise the help that is available out there. And secondly, myself especially, don't feel like they comfortable asking for it or that they deserve it. It's very difficult. If that's you, interesting. Don't deserve. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that said before. Uh, yeah. Very common. I mean, I've, you know, I've thought, well, I, I, I'm not missing any limbs. There's nothing that wrong with me. I'm possibly taking away someone else's position or, or, or something, which... which it's a very selfless approach, Jack. Well, I think it's, I think it's, I think that's what a lot of people feel. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of stigma and pride of actually firstly recognising that you're struggling a bit and then actually asking for help. But I have found, you know, it was difficult asking for help. But as soon as I did, absolutely, you know, been amazed how how professional it is, how quick, how quickly it is, and yeah, you know, how useful it is. That's great. No, well, I have to say, you know, as we said before, we are we are at the Poppy Factory in Richmond, and uh, beautiful is a really good word in terms of everything that's here. I mean, it's quite humbling uh, seeing everything. So that's really interesting, Jack. Thank you. Um, and, um, and and Gina, if I could just quickly come to you. Um, so part of our role in defence relationship management is looking at the armed forces covenant. And we've got over 7,500 signatories to that who are employers of every size, type and across all sectors. Is there anything for the employers out there that, uh, that might be listening that you would say um, how they might take advantage of the poppy factory or, or skills that, that, um, that, you've, that you've seen you know, particularly coming through your work with uh, with veterans? Yeah, I think it's important to say to employers, we're looking at 
abilities, we're not looking at disabilities, we're looking at the abilities of those veterans and the skill set they have. So again, looking at their transferable skills, lots of them, uh, reliable, punctual, um, man management, that sort of thing. So look at the veterans, look at the skill sets they've got. Uh, and the transferable skills. Yeah, great. And look at their abilities of what they can bring to the company. Well, I think we all recognise that that's, um, that that's the direction of travel, isn't it, for veterans, I think? Great transferable skills. So um, it's been a fascinating conversation. Um, thank you so much. But I can't, I can't finish, Deirdre, without asking you about Remembrance this year and the Poppy Factory's role in that. So... Uh, just, a, you know, maybe as a, as a closer, you can give us a quick burst on that. <laughs> well, I started with 1922, and I think we'll go back there for the making of all the poppies and wreaths. These days, we make um, in the order of 120,000 wreaths per year. Uh, and some of them are uh, very standard ones. Others we make for the royal family, and they take weeks to put together. And it's a complicated and intricate uh, process. So I'm very proud of our production workers. They do a tremendous job. They're busy all year through, so I would welcome any visitors to come to the Poppy Factory on one of our organised tours, and they'll see the sort of production that's out there. But if I may leap forward from 1922 to 1928, and that was the start of our Field of Remembrance commemoration, and that's the big field that uh, is put up every year outside Westminster Abbey where there are, are thousands and thousands of crosses laid in remembrance yeah. of those who died. And I think it's a really solemn and, and, and a point where we can all step back and, and, and think about things and think about them within that context. Being in the military is incredibly special. You know, we are talking about individuals who, whether or not they have been killed, have put their lives on the line. And that is why I think we should look after veterans going forward into the future, whether we do that in the context of making remembrance products as we do here or whether we do it in the context of what Gina does and a whole team across the country helping people like Jack but all sorts of individuals in all sorts of circumstances get back into employment so remembrance so special the heart of everything but also how can we continue it today and we think we have a way of continuing it today through employment. Brilliant um, Deirdre thank you in fact Gina, Jack Deirdre, thank you so much for uh, joining us for the podcast. Thank you, thank you so Thanks. much for hosting us here today at the Poppy Factory. It's been an eye-opener for me. It's been a great conversation. I'm sure that all the listeners will learn a lot. Uh, if you want to come down to the Poppy Factory in, in Richmond, the details are all on the, um, the, the podcast landing site, uh, along with the pictures, as I said. So you can, put, uh, you can put a name to a face for this particular podcast. So, um, from all of us here at the Poppy Factory, um, goodbye and, um, and thank you again to everyone. It's a pleasure, Jacko. Thank you. If you don't want to miss out on next month's episode, then hit the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening 